call. Answer me speedily. So, Lord, we just thank you for hearing our every prayer. God, we thank you for um, just lifting the hearts, God. God, in your presence, there's fullness of joy. And God, we thank you that you have died for us. You've given us life. And God, we thank you that if we've accepted you, that your blood does flow through our veins. And God, I thank you. I thank you that we can just plead your blood over us. God, we thank you, just like the, the children of Israel put the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of their house, and that was their protection, God. God, we thank you for helping us to put our armor on every day and to remember that, God, you are a God who hears. And God, your word tells us to cast our cares on you, for you care for us, Lord. And as we humble ourselves before you, God, in due time, you're going to lift us up. Lord, we thank you for the trials. God, we thank you for the mountaintops, the valleys, and everywhere in between. God, we just praise you. Thank you for using all things, God, for working them to, together for good. God, may we just continue to give you thanks and trust your perfect plan and path for each of our lives. And God, we, do, we just pray for Pastor Steve, Lord, that you would touch him this day. May he feel your presence, God. Restore and heal and encourage him, God. Encourage his soul, Lord. May he worship you in a whole new way. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, oh, the blood. I, I don't think I've ever done it fast, but we're going to try it. Ready?
Blessed be your name. Job went through a lot. You know, he lost family, he lost his stuff, stuff can be replaced. God did bless him with more family, but that was a hard time. But God, you are great. God, we can praise you during the storms of life. There have been a lot of storms lately. Lord, we thank you that by your name, because of what you did for us, God. You've given us life. You've given us eternal life. And God, you are the healer. You are the way maker. You are the great physician. God, we praise you for your faithfulness. God, you're the restorer of souls. That's our mind. That's our thought life. That place where the battle goes on, God, I thank you that you bring peace. And again, God, as we, as we enter into your presence, God, there's fullness of joy. God, we ask that this day, God. I just, I just thank you, God, for giving us hearts of joy. May we rejoice always. May we remember to give you thanks always, God. In Jesus' name.
as we lift up your name. We thank you for your goodness. God, we thank you for giving us life, God. Thank you for having a plan for each one of us, God. We praise you for your goodness and your faithfulness, Lord. We thank you that you love us first. We thank you for drawing us, God. We thank you, God, that you are the one who will draw near as we draw near. Thank you for your promises, God. In Jesus' name. You stood before creation. It's
Thank you, God, for your healing touch. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How are you doing this morning? Are you good? Hallelujah. Well, give the Lord a clap offering. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Hallelujah. Well, you may be seated. Can I get a couple of you guys to move the pulpit down here in the front for me, please? I don't feel like moving it by myself today. That's what these big guys are for, right? Thank you. Right there. Great. Yep. Works good for me. All right. How are we doing? Good? We're doing good. All right. I got a few announcements for you. Grab my stuff here. Oh, my glasses. Might need those later today. Oh, there's my Bible. I don't think that. I don't think that pulpit wants to hold anything today. I think it wants the day off. There we go. I think I got it now. Well, hallelujah. How many of you know that the devil doesn't like the word of God being preached? You know that? So Pastor Steve calls him yesterday morning about 7, and we're talking. I'm over at the CMA State Rally in over in Easton and uh, he says hey this is what happened to me and he goes could you come back home a day early and preach the service I said yeah I'll come home a day early if you need me I'm here this is this is my home this is my body my this is my family I said if my family needs me I'm here and so um, we had everybody praying for him so I called my brother Will and I said Will I need you to pray for Pastor Steve and this is what happened to him. He goes, well, it's crazy. Our pastor tripped and fell and cracked his head too. And so I said, well, we'll just pray for both pastors. That both of them will start feeling better. And so I told Don, I said, well, we got to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning because our last service last night at the rally didn't get done till 9. I said, well, let's go back to the hotel room. We'll get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. We'll get going and get on the bike and so we get going on the bike this morning we stop up in north bend there and she passes out and so she like passes out and she's laying there and we had to sit up there in north bend for about 45 minutes the devil didn't want a word being preached today see what i'm saying the devil doesn't want us to hear the word that brings life devil don't like when the word is preached and people receive the word and people grow in the word and their lives change he don't like that so he does whatever he can to deter or distract or whatever and you know just like this morning you know it's like um it's like you know everything's going good and all of a sudden dawn's laying on the ground and people running over there and she's like she's out and uh so, but we started praying, and God got her raised back up again, and we got her back on the bike, and she was a trooper. I said, you're going to be a real cozy. <laughs> and so she's home right now. I told her to stay home and lay down and get some, get to feeling better. So anyway, so we have a few announcements here. Let me put my glasses on, because if I don't, I'll read them wrong, and everybody will wonder what I'm saying. And by the way, if you don't know who I am, if you're new here, my name is Tom, okay? I'm just a servant of the Lord who preaches the gospel and leads people to Christ. That's my job. That's all I do is just serve the Lord. All right, so we got an anniversary. Alan and Barb Shores have an anniversary, okay, the 15th. So if you know them, send them a text, give them a call. Um... Denise's granddaughter, Alicia, seven-year-old, had a seizure in the hospital in Elma, so we want to pray for her real quick. And then Millie Shoemate, who is battling with congestion in her lungs, and we need to pray for Floyd also. 
So let's just take, and is there, just raise your hand if there's a need that you have. Raise your hand if there's a need. God knows every need. God knows our hearts. God knows what he's doing. Okay, let's just go ahead and let's take these to the, to the Lord. Father God, we just thank you so much for your goodness, your love, your protection. We thank you, Lord, for this body. Lord, I thank you for this body. Lord, this is my home. This is my family. And each and every one of them, Lord, are important to me, but they're important to you. And we pray for this little baby, Lord, this seven-year-old girl, for Alicia's, uh, Lord, that you would just touch her, that you would just, I, we don't know what's going on, but you know what's going on. And we rebuke those seizures, and we pray healing in her body in the name of Jesus Christ. We lift Floyd and Millie to you. Lord, we pray that as they are getting up in age, Lord, and there's different things that go on in their bodies, we pray that you just keep their bodies strong, keep them, keep them healthy. We rebuke this congestion in Millie's lungs. Father, we rebuke a no, uh, a no, uh, pneumonia that it cannot come into her lungs. So we stand on that. We trust in you today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So can I just share with you a little bit out of my heart this morning before I get into the word? Is that okay? Are you good with that? Some of you looking like, I don't know. We don't know what you're going to share. <laughs> you know, God takes us on a journey. How many of you know that we all are on a journey with the Lord? And each and every day, God will open an opportunity for you to share his word with somebody. It might be something simple as, you know, hey, you know, can I pray with you? It might be as simple as giving them a word of encouragement. It might be as simple as you just listening to them. Okay? Those are things that God can do through us each and every day. If you get up in the morning, you say, Lord, what are we going to go do today? Guess what? God's going to show up on your behalf and give you something to do. Right? Because what are you asking? Lord, what are we going to go do today? And so... You know, sometimes we get into these ways of our life that we think that this is how. But, you know, how many of you know that God doesn't structure your life the way you think it should be? Right? God structures your life on what he designed it to be. We are the ones that mess up our own lives by choosing to do what we want in the flesh instead of seeking after the spirit and asking God to direct and guide us where we want to go what he wants us to do sometimes you'll be in the middle of something and all of a sudden the spirit of God will come on you God will say I need you to do this but you won't do it you won't do it because you're busy doing what you're doing because the flesh is in control when you're busy doing something and unless you give God the control of the spirit okay we are full of the Holy Spirit, okay? When we gave our hearts to Christ, we, we received a portion of the Holy Spirit. That was part of your salvation, okay? Now you can pray and ask for the endued power, okay? The deutimus power, which adds on top of that, okay? And that's a, you know, that, that power even draws you closer to the Lord, gives you more boldness, more willingness to do his work, Okay? And so, you know, sometimes you look at people and say, well, I don't see how they do all that stuff. Well, it's because they're full of the Holy Spirit. Their focus is on Jesus, not on themselves. Okay? So, as most of you know, the last six years I've been involved in the motorcycle ministry. God opened that door up, and I've been riding motorcycles since I was 14 years old. And, and uh, six years ago, I joined Harbor Faith Riders, and six years later now I'm the president of Harbor Faith Writers if that means anything um, I just told him it just means I'm just the biggest servant of the whole group that's what it means I have to serve everybody but when you when when God takes you and starts moving you into a different area of life sometimes it takes a while for that to develop okay it doesn't just start the day that he moves you in there okay so six, six years ago, I start riding with CMA, and I start riding with Christian Brothers, and we're out witnessing to the 1% bikers, and we're going to these rallies where there's all these unsaved bikers are there. And, of course, we're out there witnessing, and we're sharing the gospel with them. We're praying with them. We're blessing their bikes. We're, 
You know, we're asking if there's anything we can do for them. Could we, you know, we go to their events. We empty their garbages. We pick up their stuff. We, we serve their meals for them if they need help. You know, that's what we do. We, we, we are servants of the Lord. And we represent ourselves to these other groups by being servants. Jesus was the greatest servant. Okay? And so... You know, some people say, well, yeah, but you're just always doing this, you're doing that. But, you know, you realize that every weekend that I'm not here and I'm ministering someone else, I probably prayed for 100 people before the end of the weekend. A couple weekends ago, we prayed for a gal. She sent me a text and said she, had, she, she asked, for, uh, asked for prayer. We took the time. We had her come over to the tent. I sat her down. I explained to her what healing was because she had no clue. I explained to her how she had to walk in healing, and then we anointed her, which she had never, didn't understand none of that, but we anointed her, we prayed for her. Tuesday morning, I get a text on my phone, and it was from her husband, and it says, my wife has been battling this blood disease since she was five years old, she goes to the hospital every two weeks and has her blood levels checked, and she's never had a normal one in since she was five. She went to the doctor. Her, her, her platelets were normal. They were normal. So, see, God's doing stuff if we're willing to put ourselves out there and say, okay, Lord, I'll do that. I'll do that. And then we prayed for this young couple, and they gave their hearts to the Lord biker guy been in and out of prison been out on the streets you know runs a tattoo shop i mean you know this is the typical guy most christian people are gonna walk up and say i ain't talking to that guy (laughs) foul mouth you know but you know what god opened the door that night for him and his wife to come to know jesus they both came to know jesus at the same time and so I've been texting them back and forth, and they're doing good. They went to church. A really good friend of mine in Bellingham, they lived a mile away from her. So we got them all hooked up. She took them to church. So they're getting plugged into a good church. And I'll always be in contact with them. I mean, you know, when you lead with someone to the Lord, that's the beginning. It's not the end. You just don't lead someone to the Lord and just let them off on their own. You lead them to the Lord. It's your responsibility to stay in contact with them, make sure they get grounded in the Lord, make sure they get to know who Jesus Christ is in their life. If people want marks in their Bible, then they're, then they're not preaching the true gospel of Jesus Christ because it says make disciples. It doesn't say get salvations. It says make disciples. Okay? And so when I'm not here, that's what I'm doing. I'm ministering the gospel. I'm out there preaching. I'm out there emptying garbages. I'm out there sweeping a parking lot. I'm out there helping someone fix their bike, helping someone put their tent up or take their tent down, um, you know, serving food. You know, that's what we're doing. And, but, you know, souls are getting saved. And, of course, then I preach, on a, I preach the Sunday morning services for them. And so every Sunday, on the Sunday mornings I'm gone, I'm preaching a service. And I, I'm preaching to people who, I'm preaching to people who are going through alcohol anonymous or drugs anonymous, and they have what's called the book. Okay, talks about God, but don't talk about Jesus. And so I have to take that transformation of who Jesus is and put it with their book, so they can understand that in order to get to the God that they're trying to get to, they have to go through Jesus Christ. And so, you know, sometimes some of them come up to me and ask me a lot of questions. And it's a good thing because they're starting to open up. They're starting to see what the true gospel of Jesus Christ is. Amen? So be encouraged to know that your prayers, when you are praying for me or for Bruce and Jenny or for anybody that wears a vest like this that has a CMA logo on it, if you're praying for us, souls are being one. Souls are being one. We had 26,000 salvations in the state of Washington last year through the motorcycle ministry. 26,000 salvations. And so, 
You know, God's using multiple areas of each person's life. You know, there's people that do the same thing we do. They're, you know, they go to all the car shows, and they minister people in car shows. There's, there's people that go to the motocross tracks, and they minister to all the motocross people. You know, because we're all looking for one thing, is to get as many people in the kingdom of God before the return of Christ as possible. Amen? So, kind of my journey today that I'm going to share with you, I got kind of a short message today. Um, it was one that I preached a couple, about three, four weeks ago at the um, Woody's Pig Rolls. It's a big motorcycle rally. There's about, you know, four or 500 people normally go there to this big rally, and it's over in Waitsburg by Walla Walla. And I preached this, this message that I'm going to share with you this morning, and I feel it's fitting because how many of you know, like I said earlier, we're all on a journey? But how do you... How, how many of you realize that there's two roads to heaven? Some of you look at me like, nah, you lost me there. You lost me there. There's two roads to heaven. Let me explain what those two roads are. Number one, you're a born-again believer. You stand before the Lord. He says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Number two, you're an unsaved person, and you still stand before at a day of judgment and he says depart from me for I never knew you two roads one destination the outcome depends on that road that you took but every person will stand before the Lord and so the journey that we're looking for is the one that is the journey of prosperity the journey the journey of God's word how does God want us to walk how does God want us to go how does God want us to represent his name to the people we come in contact with that's that's the road that we need to walk and then there's the road that we walk that sometimes we're not walking with the lord you know and you 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 kind of go your own way in romans 10 10 it says it says for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation See, this is the road to salvation. This is this journey where you get before the Lord and he says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Okay? For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. Now let's talk about righteousness because people have their own standard of righteousness. Ain't that right, Gary? They have their own understanding of what they think righteousness is. So they might think it's okay to live with somebody. Well, I've been with them for 15 years. They might think it's okay for if they want to go and party once in a while and put it on their Facebook page. They might think it's okay if they cheat their boss from a few hours or cheat the government out of some money. To them, they might think that's perfectly normal. And they can live their life and feel good about it but it doesn't line up with God's righteousness. doesn't line up with God's word. You know, I got married a couple months ago, and I had several people ask me, well, did you move all stuff in your house before you got married? I said, nope. They look at me, we're like, well, why not? I said, she wasn't my wife. Why do I want her stuff in my house? I said, after we left on our honeymoon, when we went home from the honeymoon, then we went and moved her stuff into the house. <laughs> See, that's the difference of the mentality. That's the difference of, is, am I going to live at God's righteousness? Is my life going to be the standard of God's righteousness, or is it going to be the standard of what everybody else thinks might be righteous? Well, I don't know about you, but I'm going to use God's righteousness as my ruler, because he's the one I'm going to stand in front of. Okay, I'm not going to stand in front of him and give him an account of my life. He, and he ain't going to stand with me. So my righteousness ain't good enough for him because I'm not going to be his judge. Right? Because with the righteousness of the heart, with, let me put my glass back on, I can't read my own writing sometimes. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, 
and with the mouth confessions unto salvation. Confession unto salvation. You're confessing that you will live God's way. That's what you're confessing. You're confessing that, look, I will stand on God's word despite what anybody else thinks, despite what anybody else believes, I will stand on God's word first. Okay? And if you stand on God's word and you're confessing God's word, then you're on the path of righteousness. Now, can the devil come in and give you some stumbling blocks? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he can. But will you stand on the righteousness of Christ and overcome temptation? Because 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has seized you but what is common to man. Now, how many of you in here are man? Because if you're saved, you're not man. You're spirit. It says, No temptation has seized you but what is common to man. Okay? I don't know about you, but the man that was Tom Causey, when I got saved, died. I was risen again with Christ Jesus as a new creation. So I want none of that old stuff in my life. I don't want to go back to none of that old stuff. I don't want to hang on to any of that old stuff. Old stuff, none of that. When I got saved, it was cut, dry, gone. That's how I perceive my new man. That was, everything was gone. Raised again with Christ Jesus as a new person, as a new creature. My feet were set on the rock of Jesus Christ. I had no reason to go back and look at anything before that day. Because it had absolutely no benefit for where I was going. Because I was saved now. I was full of the Holy Spirit. I was a new creature in Christ Jesus. So when the Bible says, no temptation is seized, but what's common to man? Remember that you're not man anymore, that you're spirit, that the spirit of God lives in you now. The Bible says, resist the devil. God is faithful to, find, to give you a way of escape. God is faithful to give you a way of escape. You know what that escape is? Stand in his righteousness. Stand on his word. If you will stand on his word and you will stand in his righteousness, that's your way of escape from the temptation from the devil. But if you don't stand in his righteousness and you don't trust his word, you will fall because you're going to be doing it out of your flesh. You're going to go back to that old man and pick him back up and put him back on and you're going to try to go through that situation with the old man and you're going to fail. But if you will stand in righteousness, you'll stand on God's word, you'll put it before you, you'll walk in it, guess what? You will overcome that situation. It might be a trial, but you'll overcome it. You might look at yourself someday and say, I don't, I don't even like this. When June passed away, I told the Lord, I said, I don't like this one bit. I don't like anything about this, Lord. I don't like none of it. I'm not happy about it. I don't like it. But you know what? I knew the only way that I was going to go to where God had designed me to be, to be the person I was supposed to be, I knew the only path I had was to go through his word and righteousness. So I had to keep quoting scripture. I had to keep looking at his word and knowing that God had a plan for me. June's plan was finished. She accomplished what God put her for. But I'm not finished. I still have things that God wanted me to do. So I had to pull my bootstraps up. And I had to get up every morning. This is what I said every morning. Every morning, I, I got up and said, okay, Lord, what are we going to go do today then? Because I couldn't look over there and say, hey, June, what are we going to go do today? June wasn't there no more. But I could look at the Lord and say, okay, Lord, what are we, we going to go do today? Sometimes the Lord will say, we just, I just want you to go to the neighbors and shovel their snow. Okay, that's what I'm going to go do. Sometimes the Lord would just say, just turn the music on and sit on the couch and listen to music for a couple hours and just let me minister you to your spirit. Okay, Lord, that's what we're going to do. 
So that's what I did. Because I knew that I had to stay on that path of God's word and I had to stay on the path of righteousness no matter what I felt. No matter how I felt. No matter how I was looking at life at that moment, I knew I had to line up my life with God's word. I had to stand on God's word. I had to stand on his righteousness. I had to stay on that path that I was on. I couldn't get off that path. And a year and a half later, God has blessed me with another godly wife who loves God, who cherishes the word of God, who is faithful to God, who wants to get out and minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. What if I'd have gave up? What if I'd have gave up and just not stayed on that path of righteousness? I couldn't have been blessed. I tell, I tell Dawn, my new wife, I said, I'm a, I'm, I'm a double-blessed man. I was blessed with an awesome godly woman for 42 years, and now I'm blessed with another godly woman, and I said, I'll try to give her 15 or 20. I'll try to give her 15 or 20. We'll see how it works out. But we need to remember that the confession of our mouth is unto salvation. The confession of your mouth draws you closer to Christ. You can, you can put death in your life or you can put life in your life by how you speak about what you do and where you go. In Psalms 31 through 12, God's talking about that he's going to exalt that um, that it says I will exalt you O Lord for you have lifted me up and have um, and have not let my enemies rejoice over me O Lord my God I cried out to you and you heard me in the time of need are you crying out to the Lord is that where you go is that the first person that comes into your mind okay now, some of you, I'm going to tell you another thing about, about just knowing that. A couple of years ago when I had that barrel blow up on me, and I, had all, I got burnt really bad, the first thing out of my mouth was, Lord, I need you now. That's what I said in my shop. I said, Lord, I need you now. Well, God showed up. I was healed in half the time. Why? Because I cried out to the Lord, and he heard me. See, when we cry out to the Lord as believers, he hears us. He hears us cry out to him in our times of need, and he wants to be there to strengthen us, to encourage us, to give us direction through the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants to be there to make sure that we stay on the path of righteousness. But you have to cry out to him. You can't just think well it's going to be okay if you're in need cry out to the Lord if you're frustrated cry out to the Lord if you're weak cry out to the Lord and let him know how you feel I don't know about you but when I raised my kids I told them you can come and tell me anything you can tell me how you feel I don't know how many times they ran to me and said oh I fell down I'm hurt I'm this I'm that well you know what if you look at how a child runs to their mom and their dad that's how we should go to the Lord we should go to the Lord the same way if you're frustrated go talk to the Lord about it if you're upset go talk to the Lord about it if you're frustrated in a financial situation ask God to give you wisdom in it take it to the Lord because he will hear you and he will give you the wisdom and the direction to go where you need to go, to do what you need to do. But you have to start trusting him, and you have to start calling out to him so you can hear his voice, so you know when he's speaking to you. A lot of people say, well, I've never had the Lord speak to me, and I always ask him, well, how many times do you ask him to talk to you? I don't know about you, but if you have a best friend, don't you know what his voice sounds like? Don't you talk to him? Don't you converse with them? There's, you know, some people have really close siblings that they grew up with. And they're like, you know, their siblings are close. And they talk all the time. And they know each other well. 
I don't think I've hardly ever seen Trish and Stephanie not together. Like every time I see them, they're like always together with their kids. So, but see, they know each other. They're sisters, but they have a relationship. They talk with each other. There's a communication. One knows how the other one feels. If you've been married for a long time, you know how your spouse feels by looking at him, right? You can look at him and go, he ain't feeling good today, or she ain't feeling good today. Or you can hear it in the tone of their voice because you become one with that person. That's how we need to be with the Lord. We need to be one with the Lord in any way. We have to figure out each and every day, how do we draw closer to Christ? How do we draw closer to that righteousness so we can be drawn into the goodness of God? See, I don't have to preach to you a prosperity gospel for you to be blessed. All I have to preach to you is how to become righteous and you'll be blessed. Because blessings follow those who are faithful to God. Blessings follow those who are faithful to God. All the years in kids' praise, I told all the kids, obedience is how you get blessed. If you will learn to be obedient, you will be blessed. I taught my kids growing up, my own kids, I said, if you will obey, you'll be blessed. Obedience brings blessing. We're the same way as adults. If we will obey God's word and we will obey his principles, we will be blessed because God is not a man that he can lie. And if it's in his word, it's true. I stand here today, I'm a blessed person. I'm not only blessed physically for almost 63 years old, I'm in great shape. God has healed my body many times in different situations God has blessed me financially. God has blessed me spiritually. God has blessed me with an awesome family, lots of grandkids. He hasn't blessed me with Walmart stock, though. I need it with all them grandkids. But he has blessed me because I have did my very best each and every day to just serve him. Each and every day I did my best. Lord, I want to serve you. I want to do what you call me to do. I want to draw closer to you. I want your word to be part of who I am. In Psalms 37, in the chapter 37, 4 and 5, it says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Okay? You know what the desire of my heart is? To draw closer to my Savior. That's the desire of my heart. It's not money. It's not fancy material things. It's none of that. Because none of that's going to matter one bit when the Lord returns. None of it. I've, I've, I've been a contractor for 39 years, and my house is not finished. Figure that out. You know why it's not finished? Because if God calls me to go do something else, that God's work's more important than my house. Because guess what? My house, the roof it's got a good roof it's got good windows and doors it's got good heat it's got good water so if the countertops aren't done or the walls ain't painted guess what it doesn't really matter to me because when I close my eyes and go to sleep I don't see any of it anyway right someday it'll be done a lot of people say well you know you take all these trips and you're gone all these weekends you could have finished your whole house yeah I could have But would Devin and Brittany got saved that weekend? If God was using me to give them the words that draw them to? If I was going to pray for 10 people, was God going to bring someone else to pray for them, 10 people? If God was using me to do that? So what was more important? Me being the servant to my Lord and being like him? Or me worrying about whether my house has paint in the walls inside or the countertops finished? I'd rather see someone get saved any day. I'd rather pray for someone any day than paint my living room walls. Because, you know what? Someday that's all going to be gone. It ain't going to mean a thing. And if the Lord takes me home, do you think my kids are going to cherish that house? No, they're going to sell it like everybody else sells their parents' house. I don't care if they sell it with the walls unpainted or not. It ain't going to bother me a bit. If they want them painted, they can paint them when I die. 
because I'm about the Father's business. That's what I'm about. I'm about the Father's business. That's what he called me for. When I gave my heart to Christ, I said, Lord, I, I give my heart to you. You direct me. I will do whatever you want me to do. Because he is my, he is, he is my Savior. He died on that cross for me. He took them stripes for me. He took those nails in his hands for me. He hung on that cross for me. Who am I to say I won't do something for him? when he's given me eternal life when he's blessed me who am I to say Lord I'm not doing that I'm not going to be that person I'm going to be the person that says Lord I'll do it I don't care if it's emptying garbages moving dirt sweeping floors I don't care if it's something the Lord wants me to do I'm going to be happy to do it because that's he's He's already paid the price for me. I could work 20 hours a day nonstop for the Lord and still, still not repay what he did for me. And so, you know, you have to put things in perspective. You have to learn to walk in righteousness. You have to learn to keep Jesus first all the time in front of you. Christians fail to keep Jesus first. That's where they stumble. That's why they stumble, because they don't put Jesus first. They don't get up in the morning and say, okay, Lord, what are we doing today? They get up in the morning and have their own agenda. And then when things go wrong, what do you do? Lord, I need help. Lord, help me. Because you didn't start your day with the Lord, so he can already protect you and give you wisdom and knowledge in what your day is going to be like. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. What was he going to bring to pass? The desires of your heart. Because your desire of your heart should be towards the Lord and the things of the Lord. In Psalms 37, 23, it says, what does it say? I scribbled out half my word. See, I don't use computers anymore because they frustrate me and I want to put them under my truck tire and run them over. So... <laughs> It said a good it says um, uh, the of a good man oh the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his ways I don't know I could just quote that one um, the steps of a good man what is a good man someone who does worldly righteousness or someone who does godly righteousness okay a good man in the eyes of the Lord is a righteous man okay. That's a man that that's a man or a woman who will stand up for righteousness, that will stand up for the things that God has laid out for you to do, that will stand up and say, I will not waver from that. Just like I told my friends, I will not move anything in my house until we're married. What was she supposed to do? Come to my house and get her clothes when she still lived down, you know, had her own apartment? If I move all her stuff in, what's she How's she going to get all her stuff? Well, she got to have it where she's at, right? She can't get her stuff in my house. It has to be in her house. Why? Because you have to, you have to set a standard for your life, and when you set that standard for your life, and it lines up with God's word, and it's righteous, you can stand there without someone looking at you going, well, what are they doing? I thought he was a Christian. Bible says flee the appearance of evil right flee the appearance of evil that means that our character what we do how we present ourselves should be as a godly character because God wants us to be godly character have a godly character he wants us to walk in righteousness he wants us to walk on that path now there's the road that leads to destruction you can go live your life you can go be ungodly you can go live in sin you can go do whatever you want to do because that's your choice but when you stand before the Lord there's going to be a different outcome there's going to be a different outcome two paths one destination with two outcomes 
because we're all going to stand before the Lord whether you're righteous or you're wicked you will stand before the Lord and give an account and hopefully the road that you're choosing to walk is the road that leads to righteousness it's a godly road it's a road that takes sacrifice it's a narrow road Sometimes that road's narrow and you have to really pay attention to stay on it because you can get sidetracked pretty easy because of the way of life, the technology. Everything we have in today's life is so far advanced in technology and everything bombarding you constantly. And you really have to pay attention to keep your life on the straight path. You've got to be aware of what's around you and what you're hearing and what's going, what is going in your ears. Okay? Because some of the stuff you hear is not godly. And the stuff you see is not godly. And each person in this room has to check themselves and put a standard of life that you have to live by. And you don't have to live by my standard. But you got to live by God's standard. <laughs> you got to live by God's standard. Amen? Amen. So just remember, two paths, one destination with two outcomes. Hopefully you're choosing the righteous path with the right outcome, where you hear the Lord say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Because that's what I'm looking to hear. And that's why I'm willing to do what I'm doing in preaching the gospel and sharing the gospel and praying with people. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Because I want as many people as I can to hear the word of God so they can make a, a decision to walk with Christ. And when they walk with Christ, their life will be blessed. I look in this room and see how many blessed people there are. And then I look in this room and see people who are going to be blessed because you've made the right decisions to turn your life around and start living for Christ. It takes a while to get some of that old stuff out of your life. It's like a garden, you know, reaping and sowing. You know, if you plant a whole bunch of bad stuff in your life, it takes a while to get that out of there. Okay, it's a journey. But on that journey, when you're getting all those weeds out of your life, if you'll stay faithful to God, God's replanting it with something fruitful. And that's what we need to look for. So, amen. Let's stand. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for every person here, Lord. We thank you, God, that we have an opportunity to hear the word of God, to, to, to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, for our salvation was paid for on the, on the cross. And Father God, you who sit on the right hand of the Father, Jesus, and you make intercession for us. You are our advocate that we can come to you, we can cry out to you at any time, Father, and you are there for us. So we thank you for that. And I pray for every person in this room, Lord, that this word today, somehow, somewhere, Lord, this word would help them in their heart. That would give them direction, will give them better understanding on how they can get up every morning and say, Lord, what are we going to do today? What are we going to do today? So we thank you for that. And we just continue to heal Pastor Steve and Father God, touch Dawn, and Lord, touch Millie, touch the pastor at, at, um, at Will's Church, Lord God, uh, um, that you just, just protect them, Lord God, and we just thank you for this day, in Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer, you're welcome to come forward. We will pray with you. If you do not need prayer and you would like to leave the building, you're free to do that.